Hey, this is Dr. PhD. All right, well, I guess we'll start with that. Hey, this is uh, Dr. PhD, uh, back with another episode of The Orange Line. Happy holidays and uh, happy new year, I guess, everyone. Today, is the new year not a holiday? I, I mean, it's just a day. It's We randomly picked a day. I don't, I don't want to get into this on, <laughs> on, on the podcast, but welcome back to The Orange Line. Joining me today is everyone's favorite penguins. Fan. We, can, we can just say non-flyers fans so then yeah. it gets broader everyone's know? favorite non-flyers fan yeah. uh brandon we didn't come up with a name for you did we yeah no. this is brandon um but i felt like since the year 2018 is coming to an end it's only fitting for us to take a look at what the flyers have done within uh this year so far yeah this, this season so far this season the 2018 2019 season because i don't want to go all the way back to the start of the year well i mean the end of last year was uh super exciting and then very depressing at the same time yeah for Flyers fans. it's well, just even for the penguins fans too so it's just like how so far this season everything is very exciting but also very depressing mm, i guess welcome to philadelphia sports Ooh, yeah that's true uh, but so we're we're gonna go over the uh, the Flyers season so far, uh, ups and downs, what they've done, and uh, possibly what they can improve on. But before I get into that, I wanted to ask you, how are the Penguins doing this year? Uh, this year in total, they've been doing okay. Well, I mean, so the- as of late, they've been doing great. So I think in, since the middle of November or late or like early December. They've had one hell of a run. Um, Matt Murray has just come back from injury and won four or five games straight, which he's been struggling. So that's really, uh, you know, something to be happy about because we had uh, Casey DeSmith, uh, no name backup, actually I was gonna contending say, for the first spot. Yeah. So they're doing pretty well right now. They're in a good place in order to start moving forward. The Metro in general is just in a good pl- – well, and it's hard for the Flyers. But, I mean, like the Metro – the top Metro teams have gotten better. They've caught up with the other di- the other uh, divisions, and it's, uh, it's hopeful. Well, that's good at least. Um, I mean, good for the Penguins or whatever. I mean, like, fuck you guys. Yeah, but. good for the Penguins and good for the Capitals. Capitals have, uh, I think, their last 10, they've had eight wins, which is just – it's going to be hard to catch them. Ugh. Well – Let's let's get on to a team that's actually exciting. Mm, uh, you know, uh, a lot of exciting things have gone on this season. So there's that. But yeah. if it's you know necessarily good, we'll uh, yeah. we'll see. W- to be determined in this episode. Yeah, that's true. So we kick things off uh, pretty strong with uh, a five to two win against the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas. The uh, the runner up to the Capitals last year. Yeah, and the big news was even okay. So that was a five two win, and that was it. Was that one at home or was that no? That one was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. Yeah, so that's a big deal. And mm-hmm. then I mean I know I'm skipping forward a little bit, but once they played Vegas again, uh, it was a tough game. They 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 fought hard. Um, it was only maybe a week later, and I think the the end score was one nothing. Uh, it was one nothing. The Vegas Golden Knights were able to take that one. Um, Which, in the beginning of the year, they did not have many uh, one-goal games. 
Yeah, that's true. Then that's that's kind of where all the problems really started for the Flyers. Is just they were not able to score. And when they were, they were able to light up teams. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a 7-4 to four win against Ottawa. That was the fourth game of the season. But there's a whole lot of, like, 5-2 loss, 8-2 loss, um, you know, 6-3. to three. We we just weren't able to put points up, and they were just getting goals past everyone. Yeah, well, from the outside looking in, I mean, it it's really seemed like uh, goaling, goaltending was the issue because you get such inconsistent results that – uh, you don't know whether or not your goalie is going to be hitting it hard that night or if he's just going to be making every save. So going into it, you get a team that's kind of deflated a little bit because they're not picking up you know, points when they should be mm-hmm. or they're just getting demoralized by teams. Yeah. Um, but they've just never really found – at that point in time, they had never found a way in order to just the goalies be good and also the, the players play well for him, like play well in front of him. So you've had – yeah. goaltending do well and then you've had the players play shitty and then you've had the players play well and then the goaltending be pretty pretty shitty well yeah that was a bit of the story for for some of the opening games in october is that we had um you know who who was it we had Nuvi and we had pretty much all of our goalies kind of stand on their heads for some games yeah with the defense completely falling apart i mean elliot for a little bit in there and then, uh, a little, yeah, a little later down the line, but yeah, he was there. But then, um, we we got to a point when the team started playing a bit better, and then the goalies just didn't want to show up to the game, I guess. Um, but that... which, which do you think that's actually in the goaltenders themselves, or do you think that's the goaltending coaching? Because I mean, obviously, uh, and this was a little bit ago, but Michael Narvath played really well as a backup, or when he was in contention for the for the top spot at, right. in, in uh, Washington. And you know what? I'm not really sure how uh, Brian Ellie was doing before he came here, to be honest. I think he was pretty – he got – he was on the Blues, did right. well, got traded, or lost free agency, and then he did shitty wherever he was at. Yeah. So I guess maybe he's, you know, still well, the same. I think it could have been the coaching, but realistically, it kind of – it felt like they didn't want to play because of the, the team that was in front of them. Uh, but as as we – Ended up finding out later uh, in in the chronological year. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, as we, the year went on, yeah, we as the year went on, we ended up seeing that coaching overall was a very big problem. Um, but that didn't end up happening until late November, early December, when uh, when yeah, all you, the really big moves ended up yeah, happening. Yeah, you'd, you'd really hope that. Uh, a coach would be able to at least switch up lines or inspire something. And I guess maybe it's not also, it, it, it is definitely coaching, but I think there's also a hint of that. I don't think that they have a real leader in the locker room as yeah. far as a voice goes. Uh, Claude Drew is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got magic. He's, he's got some real soft myths. Right. And he puts up points. But since he's been captain, um, I think he kind of lost his stranglehold. <laughs> All in the locker room, and you know, you'd really hope to have guys like uh, Wayne Simmons in there, right? In order to pump it up a little bit, uh, I thought that's why uh, Hextall brought in Christian Fulton <laughs> as a veteran there, <laughs> veteran presence, and obviously, you know, oh yeah, uh, we all not, love him. Yeah, has not gone as you know Hextall would have thought. But then again, Hextall's not here anymore, so that's true. surprise, surprise. Well, I think one of one of my biggest hot takes is. 
a a bit of reverse in a way of uh having a leader in the team only because I feel like right now one of my biggest problem players that I see on the ice is Jake Voracek and I know a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing but it seems like there are nights when he really wants to come out and he wants to play and he wants to show up and then there are times when he just doesn't care and on the nights that he doesn't care, you can kind of see and feel that the rest of the team doesn't seem to care. So it seems like, I won't say it's all on him, where yeah. like if he's going, all right, we got to win this, then the team's going to win it. But it seems like he is a voice who... He's toxic, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he sounds like a toxer um, in, in a way that like he... He's bringing down the team when he really doesn't try, but when he's fired up, the whole team's fired up, which is part of the consistent inconsistency of this team. Yeah, but I don't really think he's ever going to be uh, the leader that they need, like a leader. I don't think so. I think everybody just feeds off of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's why I think, I mean, we're we're going to obviously skip ahead right now to where we are currently, but... I think one thing that could be done going into next season is maybe trade him, trade someone. I think if we if we get rid of one of these pieces, I'll say, uh, that's maybe not the biggest part of a line or the biggest part of the locker room, but someone who is a notable name where we can trade him and get a, a good value from it. So like a JVR? A little bit, but we have JVR ready. <laughs> um, the name that I keep saying, and I know a few of our friends keep saying, is Tarasenko. Mm. Um, he allegedly is available. And so, it realistically, we're only going to be able to find out how things work out until it actually happens. Yeah. But I think a shakeup should happen. But it's a good thing that... Uh, this is kind of the the year of shaking things up, especially because of uh, Comcast wants quick results. Especially because home, of I guess uh, and Holmgren, which you can say him too. Everything that had happened over this season. Okay, yeah. So we had a good. There was a, a started off real hot. Yeah. Only the first few games. Well, only the first game because following Vegas, we lost five to two to Colorado. Yeah, well, Colorado's really. And then eight to two to San Jose. That one, yeah. Well, we rough. went to that game, yeah. and um, it got bad real quick. Yeah, that one was a rough game to watch. Okay, so started the year, started the game, the first game off really well, yeah. And then hit rocky, you know, rocky starts all the way throughout. I feel like they did it in very Flyers fashion, in in a way when it's like, all right, this is a team we can kind of get behind, and then immediately everything got halted. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way the year has just gone so far, but yeah. okay. So, so then, uh, assumptively everybody's happy with Hackstall going Yeah. now that details have gone out. Everybody's happy with Hackstall going mm-hmm. after, you know, him being a, a coach for three years. Um, and that's what we can, then that's what you're going to, uh, basically say was, is due to all of the rockiness so far up well, until Gordon. Yeah, I would I would say it's that, I, and you can't put all of the blame on Hextall and Hackstall because, t- 
to win hockey games, you have to have a team that's playing hockey. And regardless of All what, 60 minutes of hockey. Yeah, all 60 minutes of hockey. And regardless of whether the coaching system or what was happening away from the game, they they still have to go out there, and if they have a drive to win the game, then they should be willing to do whatever to win the game. And so maybe it was a bit of the system. I think it was a bit of the system, but at the same time, you got to play hockey, and they just weren't playing hockey for a full 60 minutes for like a solid two months. Yeah. Which which was rough to watch in October, and it, it ended up just kind of getting very hurty in November. Yeah, a little depressing there. Yeah. Um, but, 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 I also think that there was a motivational problem, and there still is. I think that, yeah. that again, I mean, har- harping on the voice, no voice in the locker room here thing, but um, they really need to find a way in order to, or they would like to make, find a way to make changes quick, and, you know, Gordon is an interim in, as an interim coach. I guess that's a change, right? But whether or not they're going to find anybody in in uh, return for him, I guess we'll, or I guess in place of him, because Coach Q doesn't sound like he's coming anymore. Yeah, that, that was on for a hot second, and then think, now it is just straight off. I think that was all just wrapped up in the hype of everyone saying, "Oh, Hackstall's going and getting rid of him," and. Who's the most notable? Yeah, I, th- I think that was just all wrapped into one. I don't think it was a 100% done deal that Q was coming here, but I also don't think that going into the end of this season, he's not going to consider coming to Philadelphia. Um, But I, I don't know the man. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a lot of talent here. And there's... Uh, uh, at least the organization says they really want to, you know, make something of it. Yeah, and I I think, like I've said on this podcast before, and I've said to people who have talked to me about the Flyers before, this team is one with a lot of latent potential, mm-hmm. um, where you have some of these young kids who just still have more to go, but the only way they can get there is by playing and being part of maybe a better system that and also having somebody yeah and also having again nurturing them having somebody alongside them in order to kind of help them through it so like you have and that's i don't know maybe it it is nice to have people like jvr because you can kind of show them the ropes as far as uh continuing to perform yeah uh maybe that's drew i don't think it is i don't think it is either but i think maybe that's cooter maybe that's even voracek i don't know well i think it the way i always saw Giroux is he wasn't a leading captain he was just like a, a lead by example yeah a lead by example kind instead of, captain. of like a voice so, you know ev- everything that he does for the team is reflected by the team so it it seems like when he's heated up he kind of ignites something for the yeah. team uh which is not to bring this up because you're a penguins fan but it's like um in the the series against the penguins when he came out and he was just like i'm gonna you know watch this shift and yeah checked crosby and they ended up scoring yeah yeah. so it it's a long ways away from well i i'm well aware of that but that's that's how he's always been with his team is he goes all right something needs to happen so i'm gonna do my best and i don't think i've really seen him fired up lately yeah and that's that's been the problem 
Okay, so Gordon. Gordon moving forward. We've hit, you know, we covered the basics. I think we kind of skipped over a lot of it because we've or Talked at least about Yeah, it. you've had a you've had this podcast for a while yes. and you've been able to go over those details. But uh let's get into Gordon. What do you think? I think him being on the team is something that could end up being such a good resource for us only because he has some experience with some of the younger kids especially when it comes to someone like carter hart specifically because he's worked with them he's seen how they play what they like to do and he has maybe a grasp on what to do going into the future so so far i've i've liked the changes that he's made to the lineup especially on uh, the defensive pairings um we uh me and our friend jack went to the uh the red wings game where carter hart got his first mm-hmm. start yep and the defense and first win and the defensive pairings were absolutely insane i'm gonna see if i can look them up now um well i mean okay so that could be gordon but didn't they also get rid of their defensive they coach did. as well they got rid of Hextall's right hand man yeah, they, they got rid of him because I don't know if it's just allegation or if it's really true, yeah. but from what it seemed like, everyone was saying that the assistant coach was kind of just keeping an eye on what the team was doing outside of practice and things like that. And Well, I mean, at this, po- at this point, do you even know, are all of, is everybody the textile hired gone? Um, I don't. No, I I mean I'm not aware of every single person that Hextel hired. Yeah. If Ian Laperriere is part of that, yeah. then no. Yeah, because I'm not aware of. I don't. Not that I know of. I don't think anybody that he hired is left. Hmm. So they basically, I mean, like, kind of wiped the floor a little bit. You yeah, know, clean slate. Well, hmm. I mean the the slate could be a, a bit cleaner because of the uh, toothless. I don't want to say stain because that sounds really rude uh the 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 toothless it's got a little bit of tarnish yeah that guy um i think he's another person that should be on the chopping block but i don't really have a say in that we can always add those to the uh once for 2019 yeah that's our new true. year's written the flyers new year's resolutions yeah put that on there get rid of toothy okay so for gordon you like the defensive pairings up front. I like You the, like his ability to make changes. Mm-hmm. And I like how he's giving more time to some of these younger kids. Because before he came in, Sanheim was one of our better defensemen who was getting, I mean, bottom pairing line, uh, bottom pairing time on ice. Yeah, especially, I mean, this, and I know this is going into last season, but I mean, mm-hmm. even when Manning was mm-hmm. getting prime minutes instead of Sanheim. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's... That, and those are the kinds of decisions that are immediately apparent once we got rid of Hack is some of these kids who were not being given enough time to actually produce what we know they can produce uh, in favor of veterans who have just, like, paid their time or something. I, I, I want to get to know Hackstall just so I can get in his mind and be like, what were you thinking? Well, you know, it's he's got the college system, you know, where you have seniors playing over over freshmen just because they have less time in general. 
Uh, obviously, an NHL is pretty dissimilar in the fact that I mean, yeah, you may have a biological clock, but you you still have guys like and uh, like Matt Cullen playing at forty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only do have a certain time period of your life in which you're going to be at the at your prime. Yeah. So I guess that was his his thought process. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely agree that he was not allowing the younger players to progress. And I think that was, I mean, one with the pairings and two also with the system that mm-hmm. he put in place. That might've been Hextall, who knows? Um, but with the rigid system they had, they obviously weren't getting enough free form in there. Yeah. And so that was another thing that came, that became apparent when Carter Hart started, uh, just actually playing is that he, he had a very strong defense in front of him, which I think is very funny because everyone was noting Haxtell as a very defensive coach and yeah. his system was very defense heavy. But we saw games where they would let up eight goals and we can't blame all eight of them on the goalie. Yeah, it's it's hard in order to get, you know, bombarded mm-hmm. night after night. Which, but- it, I mean, it's... It's another thing that makes me hopeful for this team. I know I've said in the past two podcasts, but even though this team is playing like two different teams, depending on who's in net, it's really nice to see them wanting to protect Carter Hart and how he can play. See, and we can debate, uh, maybe we can debate on Carter Hart playing. I feel differently about it. Yeah. But... Uh, I think that Red Wings that Red Wings game was Gordon's first game, mm-hmm. um, and it was Carter Hart's first game. So I think that a lot of those player, a lot of the players, a lot of the skaters, realized that they could be on the chopping block now. They don't have anybody to blame at that. They didn't have anybody to blame at that point because right. Hackstall and Hextall were gone. So it's guys, you guys better produce, or there's a possibility you could get shipped out. Right. Well, I I get that. But... Regardless, I mean, Hart played well. Into, against Detroit, that's um, true. He is, I don't know. I think he's two and two right now. He's about to get his fifth start in Carolina. So by the time that this gets out, people will you know, you know how his fifth yeah. game went. But I, th- I think he's got like a nine, I don't know, a nine one seven, which is higher than any other goaltender, any Philadelphia goaltender at this point. Right. But I mean, I I understand that everyone's kind of playing with a bit more drive because their position on the team yeah, is really so. up in the air. But then you have games like when they play the Lightning and lose 6-5 to five in overtime. And then also to the Panthers, who they they can't cannot believe that they lost that game in regulation. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that was a rough one to watch. Yeah, okay. But, 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 I think they are getting better. And uh, I think that because they've had a lot more close games. So, obviously, I think maybe they're... In in the five or six games, in I think he's six, six games. They've all been one goal games, mm-hmm. which before that there might have only been something like three. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe two of those were overtime losses. The the only one thing I noticed uh, in the Florida game uh, is it seemed like once they got that lead, they didn't care about capitalizing on it or yeah. or expanding on it. They seemed kind of content to just keep that one goal lead and then protect Carter Hart. Unfortunately, that's something that's pretty common across the NHL in general. <sighs> I mean, it, it's just, it's not hard. It's not easy in order to combat that yeah. complacency. I don't know. I just, the drive on this team is what's 
what's killing me. Well, uh, hopefully, there's Gordon in the locker room, mm-hmm. and he's able to kind of critique the players in a way that isn't offensive. Um, but also that, but okay, so it should be he he should critique them. It should be critical, right? The idea that right. he's, he should be able to give them feedback and say, you are not. You know, you are letting this guy go around you defensively. You need to back up a little bit or match his pace better. Right. Something like that. You know, actually right, give right. feedback in which they can act upon. Uh, and then maybe then and there, they'll get better from it. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And that's why, personally, going into uh, the second half of this season um, in 2019, that there's a lot more to look forward to than is on the surface because well the fans don't have anyone else to blame yeah that's except except the players but i mean that's coming out a little strong yeah and and that's why i think it's it's a lot better to see i guess going forward is that this team is starting to play they're starting to produce and they're starting to be competitive and consistent i mean five six one goal games in a row i mean that means you're you're right in there. And and so looking at the record and looking at where this team was in 2018, it it doesn't instill a lot of confidence. But if you're looking at the past two weeks, those six games where we kept them to just one goal ahead of us or one goal behind us, I think it's, it's a good tell – of where this team is going to go. And I think come 2019, there's a chance we could end up in the playoffs. I'm hopeful. That's all I've ever been on this podcast. I think they'd really need to start putting it on pretty soon. I but, mean, last year they had a 10 game, the 10 game win streak that pulled them out of last place and yeah. then eventually made them to first. And then they dropped back a little bit and got wow. into the wild card. But um, it, I think that it is possible, especially and, since the, you know, I think the Metro has gotten better for sure. But I think more than anything, the top three teams in the Metro have gotten better. Yeah. So there is room to climb. Um, it's very hard to go down from last place in your division unless you're just going to compete with the Kings <laughs> or the Coyotes and just try to bomb. Um, there is a lot to be hopeful for. Well, yes. And so I think come 2019, there can be a few personnel changes there can be maybe a trade or two or maybe some lines just start to gel a little bit better. But I think as a whole, we're able to see that this team is moving in a positive direction. Yeah. Uh, which it it just makes me get back to being excited to watch this team and where they go. Because before it was it felt like a chore to have to watch games. Well, last six games, they're 3-2-1, and one, so they're even. Basically, three wins, three losses, right? Uh, which is better than the rest of their record so far. I think they're 15-17 and I don't even know how many. One, maybe? Something like More that. More than one, for sure. But um, they're at least staying even at this point. Right. It, it could be worse. Pessimistically, they're in last place. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard in order to make that climb, no matter who you are and no matter who's ahead of you and how much they suck. That's very true. Um, and, and then also, I think that, I guess, not being a Flyers fan, I wish they would have just said that they were going to do a 
slow, not a slow rebuild, because I don't think they should have just, you know, knocked out the foundation. I think they have very skillful players there, but I think they could have at least said that it's not going to be something like a super quick turnaround like they anticipate. Yeah, that was one thing that, I mean... Because it gets, it gets your hopes up as a fan. It gets their hopes up, and then which may not even be realistic. So if they don't reach it, then all of a sudden they just start making drastic moves, getting rid of people that maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they should, you know? Right. And again, you said earlier, maybe maybe they should get rid of Voracek. Well, I think it, it, it didn't feel right when they said that they're still looking to make the playoffs and they're, they're still looking to not be a contender, but yeah. just be a team that's in the race. Um, because it, it just doesn't seem right after 2018. And even though I'm trying to be positive going into next year, I think with where we left off with Hackstall and Hextall, it's, it, we're on such an uphill battle. Yeah. It's a deep, that, it's a deep, uh, deep hill to climb. Yeah. That I think deep it's hole to climb out of. There we go it's going to be hard for us to get to that position. So the the best thing that we could probably do is make it as far as we can Yeah. and win as much as we can. But I wouldn't expect... I'm, I'm not expecting playoffs out of this team. For and, this year, at least. I think they can set themselves up nicely for next year because the only person that I know of that's uh, the only maybe notable person that on the Flyers that is for a free agent, I think, this at the end of this year is maybe Wayne Simmons. Yeah, and I think Wayne Simmons is one of those, I don't want to say trimming the fat kind of players, but he's a player that doesn't necessarily need to stay on this team. As much as I like Wayne Simmons and as much as of a good player he is, I think he has a a good amount of stock in him. And if um, if Fletcher makes the proper moves and is looking at proper players, I think we can end up getting a decent return on him. And going into next season, depending on whether we keep Gordon or if we actually do get Q or something, I just think... We'll be able to make some more definitive moves. Yeah, I, I hate to say this because I've said it for so many years, but next season. Oh, you know what? I, I And I think that's fine because, and again, I have, an outside an outsider looking in but i think that's the right way in order to look at it because there is so much talent on this team but they really need to find a way in order to gel become more consistent find a locker room leader and then also uh get a system down gordon is is preaching something um and you just got to hope that if he is not going to be the the next head coach that that system is going to work with whoever comes in next yeah so it's it's going to be hard to fix all of those problems and make those changes in the next two and a half three months yeah but i think they they should do what they can and all i'm hoping for is a positive record i that's a good one. yeah i mean that's 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 really all you can ask for that's, how many games will 500 you are yeah that's that's what i always hope for playoffs would be nice but the way i am as a fan I don't want to go to the playoffs unless I have a chance of winning the playoffs. That's why I think uh, every team in the playoffs well, has a chance of winning, Pat. I won't say chance of winning the playoffs, just one round, hmm. which is why I wasn't too hopeful about the Eagles this year. But I think they have a chance against the Bears. Well, they made it. Yeah, they they made it. I think they, they have, have a chance, chance against the Bears. Bears. Um, but uh, 
the Eagles aren't this podcast. TBD for the green line. <laughs> for the green line. Uh, but this was the orange line. Uh, thank you for coming on again, Brandon. Glad to be here. Um, we are finally on Apple Podcasts and Google oh. Play. Yeah, very exciting. Very, very excited. It's also on SoundCloud. I, I'm, I'm just going to say that because that's true. There may be one person. Yeah, so for all you SoundCloud rappers out there that love the Flyers, um, give a listen to my podcast. Maybe even, you know, take a sample from it. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening to this year's this, this year's wrap-up, I guess. Uh, but um, ch- but um, thank you for listening to The Orange Line. This is the last one of 2018 coming out in 2019. Uh, there will be more for the rest of the season. I have been Dr. PhD. If you want to follow me on social media, it's going to be at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. Uh, thanks for joining me, Brandon. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, don't. Uh, if you'd like to chime at me down in the comments, sure, go for it. Yeah, do I'll that. Um, uh, but this has been the Orange Line. I'll say thank you again, but have a good one. Happy... Happy New Year, Brandon. Happy New Year, Dr. PhD. Hey, thanks.